want to share with you a few thoughts from the Word of God, but first, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we bless your name. Lord, I want to thank you for this church. Thank you for the testimony that you raised in this city. I bless this congregation in every spiritual blessing in Messiah Yeshua. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us through your word. Draw us closer to you. Change us into your image. I thank you for the power that there is in your word to change life. Open our heart to receive from you. And Lord, that we will leave this place not the same way as we came. Lord, we want to draw near to you. Thank you. I pray in the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I feel you to turn with me to book of Acts chapter 1. The name of uh, the message today is the power to witness. Three weeks ago, we celebrated in Israel the Feast of Pentecost. And since that day, I felt like I'm camping around the book of Acts. So I would like for you to join me in camping around this book. And I will say that the teaching today is for those who are hungry for more. For those who are saying, what I have now, it's not enough. I need more of God in my life. It's for those who are tired to be defeated by the enemy and want to walk victory life. It's for those who want more boldness in their testimony to be a witness for the Lord. To see the power of God coming into their life and through their life. It's for those who want to impact this world and to make a change. They will not be afraid to, call, to be called troublers of Israel. The words that were spoken by King Ahab over Elijah the prophet. They will not be afraid to be called those who turned the world upside down have come here too. God is calling us to do, to bring a change in every place that we are. You know, the event that took place on the Feast of Pentecost actually caused such a strife and argument, pride, mockery, division, something that was so holy and pure. And beautiful that took place on that feast. And we see around the world how there is strife and argument on what's happening on the Feast of Tabernacle. The Feast of Weeks. And I want to tell you that what happened on that feast, it was expression of God's love. It was the promise of the Father that was given to us that we will be able to fulfill the call that God is giving us. You know, I like the, the church in Corinth. Paul is writing them. Remember chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, the chapter about love. And in that chapter, he's, he's rebuking, he's correcting them. And he's telling them, if I speak with tongues as men, an angel... But do not have love of become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he's continued to say that if I have the gift of prophecy 
And I will know every mystery and the knowledge. I will have faith to remove mountain. If I don't have love. I have nothing. They had all the gifts. But you know what they had in that church? A mess. The love of God wasn't there. We use the word in Hebrew. Balagan. It was a mess in that congregation. You see the gift of God. It's a God's love. And he wants us to take that love to the people around us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is the word of Yeshua. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. The promise of the Father. After Yeshua rose from the dead, it says that he spoke to his disciples for 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. 40 days. And Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. Wait into Jerusalem until the promise of the Father will come upon them. And while Jesus is speaking to his disciples, they asking him a question. Acts 1.6 Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus is about to leave them. They wanted to know when he's going to return. And Jesus applied to them in verse 7. It is not for you to know times and epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. I think the answer of Yeshua to his disciple was a great answer. Can you imagine if he gave them a timeline? A schedule? Listen, uh, it could be 2,000 years from now and maybe more and then I'll come back. I don't know about you, but if I will hear something like that, it will be discouraging. It's not going to be in my lifetime. 2,000 years? But Yeshua said, no, it's not for you to know. And I want to encourage you because sometimes as a pastor, I'm coming... To know people um, that they are so busy trying to understand the end times. Trying to understand when Jesus is coming back. And the danger when you put so much time into that. That you can miss God's calling on your life right now. And God wants us to focus on the calling that he's given us to be. His witness in our generation. On the Feast of Pentecost, in Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Let me just stop for a second. This is already a miracle. 100 in Israel, 120 Israeli in one place. That's a miracle. <laughs> and suddenly, there came from heaven a noise 
like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. This events take place on the Feast of Pentecost. And it's not an accident that it took place on that feast. What happened in Jerusalem. You see God told these people. There is three times a year. That you will go up to Jerusalem to celebrate. Passover. Feast of Pentecost. And the Feast of Tabernacle. So in Jerusalem. On that feast there is. Jewish people from all over the world coming to celebrate. It was also non-Jewish people that connected themselves with the God of Israel. So Jerusalem were filled with Jewish people celebrating the holiday. You know that in the Bible, the Feast of Weeks, or Feast of Pentecost, it's also called the Feast of the First Fruit. It's called also the Feast of the Harvest. And in the Jewish tradition on that holiday, God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So when you think about the Feast of Pentecost, you have to put all of it together because it's all been fulfilled in Messiah. You know that the 120 disciples were the first fruit to take the gospel to the world. You know that on Feast of Pentecost, it was also the Feast of Harvest because after Peter gave that sermon, 3,000 people came to faith. And also on that feast, the new covenant church was born. And you know, in that church was Jews and Gentile, one in Messiah. What a beautiful thing. The gospel on that holiday, that feast, came out to the world. People from all over the world came. It was people that came from Iran, from Iraq, from Syria, from Turkey, from Libya, from Rome. All of these people coming to celebrate the holiday. And most of the people were Jewish people. But what took place there was so dramatic. The sounds from heaven. A tongues like fire. Something like this. They never experienced before. And it's actually. You can see the, the connection. To what happened on Mount Sinai. What the law was giving. It says that it was a sound of thunders. Heavy cloud. The sound of the blowing of the trumpet. And fire. On the Feast of Pentecost, a new, new time started. It will be a feast that no one will forget it. What happened on the Feast of Pentecost never happened before and never happened the same afterward. The voice that was heard from heaven, it was so strong. Listen, it was so strong that all the inhabitants of Jerusalem heard the voice. And they came to the place where they met. And they said, what is happening here? You know what's amazing about it? 
the 120 are meeting in a room, experiencing the Holy Spirit in a way that people coming to see what's happening to them. It was like the Holy Spirit was pushing them out from the room to be a witness. How many times uh, we meet together and we worship God when we join the presence of God and we study while there is all of these people out there that need Jesus in their life. And I want to thank God for this church that have a heart for outreach to bring the gospel to everyone. I want to encourage you to continue because what God is giving to us is such a gift that he wants us to take it to the nations. It was a supernatural act of God. They heard him speaking in languages that they never learned before. And when they looked at them, they said, are those Galileans? How is it that they speak in those languages? You need to understand that at that time, if you wanted to learn the language, you would go to expensive school in Jerusalem. That would be like the Howard or the Princeton. And those was Galilean, simple people, simple fishermen that speaking in language that they never learned before. The people were amazed in what they saw. Some of them mocked them. They said they are, they are drunk. But Simon Peter stood up together with the 11 and preached the gospel. And he explained to them what's taking place there. And he's quoting from the book of Joel. And you can see it in Joel 2, verse 28 and 29. It will come about after this, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will, be, will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see vision. Even on the male and the female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Very important point here. I want you to see. Something new was happening in Israel. But it was something that was connected to the Hebrew scripture, to the Old Testament. You see, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. You see, back then, it was a lot of new things that was popping like mushroom after rain. And it was important to, to show the people of Israel that this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Was it something new? It was something to expect that one day the Lord will do. And I want to encourage you, and actually it's a warning. Because we are always seeing new things happening, new teaching Always make sure that it's based on God's word. Simon Peter, when he's quoting this, he said, this is the last day. That will happen in the last days. And as you continue to read this prophecy, it's speaking about times in the future, hard times that will come. He calls it the day of the Lord. He's talking about a time that uh, the Messiah will come and his judgment will come. But also in the same time, a great harvest will take place. What happened on the Feast of Pentecost, it was amazing. Listen, 
in the Old Testament, like we heard this morning from Pastor David about Joshua and Caleb, God will choose certain people and he will fill them with the Spirit to complete a certain task that he's given them. But here, what's happening, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, is available to everyone. Look what kind of people. Your sons and daughters are children. Brothers and sisters, we believe, we need to believe for our children that God will visit them and fill them with the Holy Spirit. Older people, we heard about Caleb, 85 years old. Listen, there is no pension in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Don't even you think that you're not going to take your fishing pole, you're going fishing and you did everything. Because God has something for you, old people. <laughs> he wants to use you. Amen. Young men, I know that the temptation that you are going through in this generation. I know the struggle, but I know that the Holy Spirit, the power of God can give you a victory. You can live a victory life in Messiah. He wants to use you in this generation. He's talking about the female servant and the female slave. I thought about it. It's probably those who work all the time. You feel like a servant, like a slave. All the time working. You don't have time for the kingdom things. But I want to encourage you that even at your workplace, God wants to use you. He wants to put His Spirit in you and to use you. From the younger generation until the elder generation, men and women, doesn't matter what was their status. You can be a simple fisherman from Galilee and God can use you for His glory. And I want to tell you now that if you feel bad about yourself, that you're not wise enough, that you're not coming for a great family, this is excuses. God is looking for someone that will have heart after him. And when he find a person like this, he will use you. He will use him. You know, Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, he was the one that also wrote the book of Acts. And he wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He, he, came even after, he came to faith after Jesus went to heaven. But he wrote the gospel of Luke to a name, for a person named Theopolis. And Theopolis, they says that he was a high priest that served in the second temple on the first century. So he's reading the gospel of Luke. And if you will look at the end of that gospel, you will see that it's end with the word that after the disciples saw Jesus rose from the dead, they were so happy, and they went to Jerusalem. And Jesus told his disciple right before that, he said, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from and high. So Theopolis reading the gospel of Luke, the story, but it's end there. And there is a desire in him to know 
more of the story. You know, if it was just ended that disciples were happy after they saw Jesus rose from the dead, that would be a nice ending. But he, he wanted to know more. What is this Holy Spirit that will come upon them? Wait, I read about Peter, Simon Peter, that denied Jesus. What happening with him? I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine the New Testament without the book of Acts. You know, if we didn't have it, we would jump right into the book of Romans. <laughs> and we will not know the power of God working through the disciples. There is more to the story. There is more of the story for your life. If you think at this moment in, of your life that you don't see a future, I want to tell you that there is more. There is more of the story for your life. We will see how the experience of the Holy Spirit will change the life of the believers, the first disciples. And I just want to say just at this important point that when you are born again, when you are receiving Jesus into your life, the Spirit of God is coming into your life. But there is something that is called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that was the thing that Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you will be filled with the Holy Spirit to do what I'm calling you to do. There's no doubt that the disciples of Jesus were changed after that experience. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it says that the disciples hide behind closed doors. And if we would take a magnified glass and we will focus on one of the disciples, of course we will focus on Simon Peter. A fisherman from Galilee. Tough one, Israeli. He had self-confidence. You know, he's the one that Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter, meaning rock. He was the one that was brave enough to do the thing he was, the thing he was thinking about. He walked on the water. You know, we always come down on Peter that he was filled with doubt and he started drowning. I, th I think in that story, he is the hero. Because all the rest of the disciples are inside the boat. No one had the courage to step out of the boat. So you see that boldness and confidence in Peter to do things. He was the one that received the revelation that Jesus is Messiah, the son of the living God. And he was the one that told Yeshua... I will never deny you. And we know that after Yeshua was arrested. It says that Peter walked from afar. First time. All of this time he was so close to Yeshua. And now he's looking at Yeshua from afar. He was sitting around the fire. And a servant girl said, you are one of them. And he said, I don't know him. And for three times, he denied Jesus. He left crying bitterly. But after the Holy Spirit poured, 
upon him and the apostle, we see a different Peter. This is not the same Peter. He's standing with courage and declaring the word of the Lord. And it's not that he received this boldness to stand in front of people with confidence and give a message. What happened in his life, he accepted that he is he's willing to give his life for Yeshua. He is the one that will also will suffer for Yeshua. And actually in the end he gave his life because of his faith. He denied his self-life and gave himself completely for the service of the Lord. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You should be my witness. That same calling is the same today. Listen, for 2,000 years, this calling never changed. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to us to be a witness for Yeshua. Not just to enjoy the presence of God. Not just to enjoy the gift of the Spirit. There is a calling to be a witness. The word power in the Greek is dunamis. It means authority. A military force. The word witness means that you, someone that was present on an on event. And he is testified personally. He saw it. He experienced that. God is calling us to be his witnesses. And to be at witnesses, it's mean to be witness in his family. In our families, with our friends. It's mean to be witnesses in our work, in our study, in school. When we are at the bus on the street. For order for us to fulfill a heavenly calling, we have to have heavenly power. We cannot do it without that power. As a young believer, one year in the faith, I never heard about the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I remember that I, I was full of fear with my friends, with my family. I was struggling to walk a holy life before the Lord. And I remember that Pastor David Davis who is now with the Lord, show me scriptures about the filling with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He said, you need that. And this hunger was in me. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need it. I cannot go on without it. In one of the meetings, they prayed for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And I remember I was the first one coming forward. And when they lay hands upon me, something started happening in my body. I don't know how to explain to that, but it was some kind of electricity. And I'm finding myself speaking in an unknown language. But I want to tell you, that was the small thing that took place in my life. Because after that, God released courage in me. To be a witness for him. I was more aware 
of the spiritual warfare that was taking place around me. It changed all of my prayer life. I received power to, to overcome old habits because of the Holy Spirit. I started seeing fruit coming through my life because God released anointing. Brothers and sisters, we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot continue our life without the Holy Spirit. In Israel, I'm going to tell you, preaching the gospel in Israel, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot do it. You can have plans. You can have everything that you think you know how to do it. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot move forward. And I want to tell you, this is real. This is not just written here. This is reality. And I believe that God wants to let you experience more of the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. We're going to take time to pray. But listen, we are not praying for just experience. Many people are looking for experience. You know, you can come here every Sunday and have experience, wonderful experience with the Lord. And you can feel His presence. But what about Monday? What about Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? Friday and Saturday? God doesn't want us to live from experience to experience. Because the Holy Spirit is available every moment of the day. We are not praying for spiritual experience. We're praying for the presence of God to come into our life. Some of you feel weak in your faith. You're feeling hard living your life uh, in a way to be a testimony for Messiah. Some of you are hungry and thirsty for more. And you want more of the Lord in your life. And I want to tell you, this is for those who, who feel hunger and thirst for more of God. Again, don't think to be a witness just to go to a different nation and preach the gospel. God wants to be a witness among our families and our friends, the place we work. And I know that there's people in the one point in your life, you experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but something happened along the way and you feel dry now. You see, infilling of the Holy Spirit is not one-time experience. It's a daily filling every day. And maybe some of you, it's the first time that you hear something like that. On the Feast of Tabernacle, Jesus stood and he said, Those who are thirsty, come to me and drink. And from out of you will flow a living river living water. This is a promise. This is for today. I don't know about you, but I need more of God in my life. I need Him. I need more of the Spirit. So I would like, if we can stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the first fruit 
You are the first fruit in this generation. If you want to be a witness to the Lord, if you feel that you are dry, there is a living well right here, and the Lord wants to fill you. So if God is speaking to you and you think you want prayer, I want to invite you to come forward, and I will pray together with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hand before the Lord. This is Yeshua that fills us with the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him. Ask Him to fill you right now. Lord, thank you for the promise of the Father. Lord, thank you for your promise that you say that all of those who believe in you, Lord, that you will fill them with your Spirit. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters now that standing here that wants more of you. Lord, fill them with your spirit. Lord, that rivers of living water will flow out of them. Lord, I pray that you will release victory in their life. Lord, that you will use them to be witness for you every place they are. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will give victory over all habits. Lord, I pray that you will just Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your presence, Lord. Lord, you know the needs of each one person here. Meet them at their needs, Lord. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you who are praying for your loved one, they are not yet knowing Jesus in their life, and you're trying to be a witness to them. I just want to encourage you that there is nothing impossible for the Lord. He will save them. When I came to faith in, in Yeshua, my parents, you know, they were so upset and angry. They, they, they asked me to leave the house because of my faith. And it was such a hard time and I was praying for them. God, reveal yourself to them. And I, and I tried with the years to be a good testimony, to testify, to be a witness to my parents. My Jewish parents and about four years ago, both of them wanted to meet with me and my wife. And they said, they said, you know, all of these years we looked at your life and now we know what you have is the truth. And we want what you have. And I had the privilege to, to pray with them to receive Yeshua into their life. And now they're in the front row in our congregation. But I just want to tell you, God is faithful. He's calling us to be His witnesses. If you don't feel that something happened to you here. You know when Jesus told His disciples, wait in Jerusalem. It was about 10 days of waiting. And I want to encourage you that through the week, keep praying. Amen. It will come on you. I'm telling you, if you're hungry and thirsty, it will come on you. It can happen while you're driving. It will happen when you're at work, in your home. It will come upon you. The Lord will give to those who are thirsty and want more of Him. And I want to end with a Hebrew blessing upon you. 
You know, God told Aaron and the priest to bless the children of Israel with what we call the ironic blessing. And I want to just pray this blessing over you. Hallelujah. Isa Adonai Panav Elecha Vayasem Lecha Shalom Beshem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Let's give the Lord all the glory. Hallelujah.